This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast, Victory Monday edition. And our first with all three of us, Zach Jackson, Tom Reed, Jason Lloyd, all here atop MetLife Stadium. About an hour ago, the Browns wrapped up a game that was really over, uh, about two series in. Um, some good, some bad. Not good enough for what's coming, but let's talk about what was. First, guys, welcome to this first three-man podcast. Oh, it's terrific. It's uh, I don't know how many we'll do this year, but uh, <laughs> uh, cer- oh, well, yeah, that's certainly a memorable one. Uh, certainly a memorable one for Odell Beckham on his return to MetLife Stadium. Yeah, he's the star, right, Jason? Uh, th- those two plays specifically stick out. Uh, Tom in his post-game press conference points out almost laughingly, like, you're so good that you make this one-hand catch that could lead Sports Center, but it's the sixth question of the press conference. Yeah, and if I, I don't know if you understood you fully, but he said that was the same end yeah. of the catch. Yep. Uh, so obviously, a lot of memories for him coming back here. He tried to dismiss it during the week about it's just another game, but obviously that wasn't the case. We knew that going in that that wasn't going to be the case, and I thought it was funny. He opened his his first question about Greg. And he said, "Who?" Like his little yeah. his little retort back to Greg Williams. Is they, they may have sent, they may have actually sent a game ball. I'm being facetious here. Could have sent a game ball down the hall to Greg Williams. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought Greg had his defense ready. Um, I'm not sure where guys were or who was supposed to be where when Odell catches that. Um, but I think you can sum up the whole game. And maybe we'll just quit the podcast here two minutes in by saying <laughs> this: the Browns really have a lot, long way to go. Right. Good night. And, and, and you know. <laughs> And really some things to clean up. But the reason you go get him is because in one play, yeah. he can change games, change fortunes, potentially change. See, they were no danger of losing tonight. But down the road, they're having a flat offensive night. You know, the field position gets turned on him. He does that 89 yards. It's hard for the other team to recover. When's the last time the Browns had a receiver who could, who could make that play? Well, one that well. played more than four games a year. <laughs> in a season. Yeah. 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 So, we're, talk, we're going back to Braylon 12 years ago. Yeah. And, I, and he was more jump over people than take that one. Yeah. And you, you hear Odell say, as soon as he caught it, he thinks as long as his Gone. hamstrings hold up, yep. he thinks he can go. And he said he thinks he can get to 23, 24 miles an hour, which is just insane. Yeah. Um, he's I think a little that, crazy. That was, like I think, my, this season might have been the fastest. And, and, and let's it? be honest here. It's always something else tonight. It was the visor. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's the stretching out, you know, the hamstrings, the calves, the, the leaviness. Yep. It's always something else. Yep. And the Giants got tired of everything else. Yeah, but right well, now the Browns are fine. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. When you when you, I mean that was, you know, again, the guy did as as Jack, as Zach put it perfectly, barely rarely played more than five or six games, but not since Josh Gordon has been here, so they had a guy when Gordon in that game in New England, I think it was back in two thousand 13 or whatever just wore out uh, Talib yeah. uh, and, and you see these performances I mean that performance tonight I, it was early in the game the one handed catch came very early in the game I think that, that might have been first their first drive. scoring drive yeah. right I mean <laughs> you first talk, drive of the game right yeah. you talk about sending a, a message right off the bat I mean that, that that was an incredible catch well you keep talking Josh Gordon you're going to give people flashbacks and, and let's start with a flashback tonight you saw a game where a clearly overmatched backup quarterback was going nowhere he gets hurt they have to bring in a guy off the practice squad but it wasn't the Browns it was the other <laughs> team right it's funny you say that because as we got down the last couple of minutes I was looking around the stadium go I've seen this before the home crowd the stadium is barren the home team's getting pounded into the ground. And on the post-game show, I heard the radio guys saying, 
well, we can't worry about 0 and 16 right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've, well, we're, I've, I've heard that yeah. song before. We're two games in the two funniest moments of the year. One is Delaney Walker, you know, basically trashing the Browns right. for being the offseason champions. And two is the Jets get that field goal, they score, and the place goes nuts. Crazy. Like 30% legitimately, yep. and the rest of them giving the Bronx cheer here. Yep. You know, not in the Bronx, but, but close. And, and, and it's funny because you look around the stadium, and it, it is like looking around the stadium sometimes – uh, especially in years past, at, at some of the jerseys. I saw Geno Smith jersey. It's just some of the, 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 the many failures of this team yeah. uh, on display, much like in the years past with the Browns and all their quarterbacks and all their guys who were supposed to be great. And that jersey went into the back of the closet real quick. We have seen those. Um, and we're not going to jump to conclusions on this podcast or, any, or with this season at all. Uh, but number 13 can be a game changer. He can he can take you places that maybe you're not supposed to go. And, you know, I was talking to Joel Batonio about this after the game, and, and, you know, Joel said plays like that can be huge for this team, and he said that's what Kansas City runs. It's an RPO with a dynamic playmaker who can go one-on-one and can beat man coverage. And, and the Chiefs, obviously we saw what they did last year, running plays like that. And, you know, I, I still don't believe in this offensive line. And I think plays like that, just get it to him in space, get it out, get it to him in space, and let him go, rather than trying to have Baker hold on to the ball and have him run, you know, 25, 30, 35 yards out. This can really help when you talk about helping an offensive line. It's those types of plays. They're not all going to go for 89 yards, but they can all be chunk plays. When 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 the, when the safety on that play, he, he catches it in a seam. It's a very well designed play. I think they said that they just might have just put it in. But when the safety takes the step inside, you know it's over. It's There's yeah. no chance. And that's that play, that step was like at the 35, their own 35-yard line, and you knew the race was over. I think the safety took half a bad step and half an, oh, shit, I'm about to be on sports center <laughs> step. And yeah. by the, you can't freeze for, for one, you know, one half of one step right. against yeah. Odell Beckham. Right. All right, so this is the Civilized Barking Podcast. As we said in the intro, as I went ahead and said, anyway, um, every week right after the game, with you know, barring some sort of, and this is the Browns, so we're not going to say that there won't be some sort of gigantic nightmare. We will we will have this um, most weeks by Thursday. There will be a second podcast, kind of looking ahead. Obviously, there'll be some variants to that, but this one is open to everyone. Uh, you're probably listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can find the early week, the post game edition episode of Civilized Barking there. Later in the week, it'll be on the Athletic app and the website for subscribers. Uh, in any case, we're going to be talking Browns. Uh, one thing we're going to make sure we do here um, in this early week post-game edition is go through and give a quick report card for each position. But two things I want to talk about, guys, before we get to that. One, um, other than the Odell, obviously, uh, the lead of the day is that Ben Roethlisberger is done yes. for the year. Uh, because this Browns team is good enough to think it can make the playoffs. This Browns team is good enough to contend, if not win, the AFC North. And uh, obviously that task, you know, not not to dive into where this thing will go or the Baltimore Ravens or anything else, but when the Steelers don't have Ben Roethlisberger, it's all of a sudden a hell of a lot more likely that they win four games than they win 9, 10, or 11. Yeah, yeah without question. It's uh, what a, I mean, what a day in the NFL. Drew yeah. Br- you know, two year. Uh, future Hall of Famers in the, in the same weekend to go down, but you know it, it's 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 really important, of course, Zach, to get to the point. Uh, the, I think those may be games eight or nine and eleven, something like that. They've got to get to the point where these games yeah. are very important, right? So that you can win those games. So these huge tonight to get this. This was a must win, and as you wrote about it earlier in the week. 
but you've got to find some wins in these next couple weeks to make sure those games really matter. Uh, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade here. The Browns could be two and five. Yeah, I've been saying they could still win the division. I've been saying what what happens if they're two and five, and yeah. people shouted me down and mocked me and told me to shut yeah. up and go away. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I, I, but you right, know. let me say this tonight. This tonight is not good enough to beat the Rams. It's not good enough to right. win in Baltimore. No, right now right. it's week two, yep. and, and I think right now, not just spinning it optimistically for this podcast. You got number one out of the way, right? Yeah. You had a little bit of adversity that you overcame. You unleashed your playmaker. You got Nick Chubb going. Like there are positives from this game, and it starts with you got in the win column. And at the end of the day, to use the player's favorite cliche, that is what counts. You know, I'll go back to when I was covering Ohio State, and I always, I always knew they figured it out when you knew what their identity was. And where what are they going to go to on third and six? And whether it's a dig route to Michael Jenkins or. Um, Santonio Holmes or, you know, whoever it was at the time. I don't know that we're there yet with this team. What 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 is their go-to play when it's third and six and you've got to get a first down? Right. What are they going to do? I don't think they know that yet. And, again, I was talking to Petonio about it, and he said with the new coach, a lot of times it's going to take four or five games probably before you really have a, a good feel for that or a good understanding for that. And, you know, I talked to, I don't know, three or four different guys in the locker room on the offensive side who felt like they were running the ball well early and they got away from it. Why do you go away from it? Is it you, you want to get Baker going? You want to get Odell involved? Obviously, back in New York, I don't know. But they're having a lot of success on the ground. They got away from it. We were looking at each other late in the game going, why are they throwing the ball? Run why the are ball. they even in? Yeah, yeah, why are they even in? But <laughs> yeah. run the ball, run the clock, and go home. Right. It's over. So there's still some things to clean up. There's still some things that I look at and go, boy, I, I don't I don't know. I just don't know. But, you know, I thought, you know, Tony Grossi, I thought, asked a great question to Odell. And Odell even said it was a great question. Is there more joy or relief? And he did, he wasn't really sure. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't really know. Uh, but I, I think we'll know the answer to that here moving forward as we see how they respond to the Rams. Yeah, I mean, one thing about doing this podcast is is it's, it is snap judgments. It's the stat sheet. It's what we just saw, mm-hmm. what, what we just heard. Um, you know, for the coaching staff, for the evaluators, they process it later. The players, you get a wide range of emotions. Yep. Uh, I think Odell and Jarvis dive deep into their emotions like three hours each day from, from what we hear from when we talk to them. But a lot of times it's just relief that, that it's over. And yeah. they're so yeah. exhausted. Um, from our standpoint, sometimes you get some great quotes out of that because guys just want to talk. But you're not, you don't really know until you process the tape in a short week, until you see the medical report, and until you go back. And then you have to say, if you're Freddie, if you're the offensive staff, okay, did I just get too cute here or is our approach flawed in this? Um, because Baker did not have a great game tonight. Yeah, he missed some, especially early. He missed some some guys high, uh, threw the one in. I'm sure he's, he's thinking it's Odell Beckham. I'm going to give him a chance to make a play. Sure. But their guy made a really good play, and it ended up being an interception. So, yeah, the point is – Late in the game, he gets an 89-yard touchdown. That that always looks make the numbers look that always better. makes the numbers look a little yeah. bit better. On a 10-yard pass, 15-yard yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and beautifully designed, a beautifully designed play. Give the give the coaching right. staff credit but on I, that one. But I did thought, I did think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that he did see it a little bit better tonight. He did get it out a little bit faster tonight. Where you know that was a big concern last week was he was holding on to it too long, and some of it might just be that the Jets were just outmanned. And they just didn't yeah. have the talent to, to, to hang with them, especially with, you know, C.J. Bosley out. 
Let's so, give Greg credit, though. He knew what the Browns were did. trying to do. He did. He knows 100%. what happens when you let Baker start cooking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the Browns did not have Rashard Higgins or David Njoku, who goes out early in the game. Yeah. And it's a big loss. Again, concussion. Short week. You got Higgins with the uh, knee. Is it knee or ankle? It doesn't matter. That's a concern that he didn't get it well enough. Uh, Randall with a concussion. Quick turnaround. The NFC champs coming to town. Before we go, dive back into Baker and position by position. One last thing. Miles Garrett. Phenomenal. But the penalties have to stop. Yeah, I the, 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 I think the biggest concern if you're a Browns fan going forward is is, is you worry about a reputation that that and, and this was a game it really, it really didn't matter how many penalties he, he took you're right. going to win the game right. but if if you start taking these amount of penalties you start to gain a reputation and officials could look at a play mid season or in a game where they really need it. it's like well, Miles just takes a lot of penalties mm-hmm. easy to throw the flag. I mean, we're not like he's not a Dominican Sue or anybody but that. But Jason and I were looking up. You want to know how many penalties that Aaron Donald took last year? Four. Now, they don't play the same position. That's a Miles, quarter for Miles at this rate. Well, you're right. <laughs> Miles obviously takes a lot of offsides penalties uh, as a defensive end as opposed to a guy that doesn't yeah. always lines up in it. But four penalties for uh, for uh, uh Donald. Yeah, you know, last season. I didn't have a chance to talk to Miles tonight about this because he was on the podium, so it's a different game when guys are at the podium as opposed to their locker room. Right. But last year, he had the roughing call on the Steelers in week one on Ben, and the league came back and said that should not have been a penalty. But I remember talking to him in the locker room after the game and said, do you know what a roughing call is anymore? And he said no. And I remember writing, the NFL has a big problem when their number one overall pick and uh, one of their best edge rushers in the league doesn't know what a penalty is. And it sounded like, to, I'm not trying to defend him, but it sounded like tonight, and I came, I walked in late on his presser, but Tom, to your question, he, he seemed like he was still trying to get clarity again as well, to what why he's being flagged. It's like he doesn't even know. Well, I think there's every, uh, and it's not going to change, right? They're not going to go no. back and say, you know what, we're going to start letting these concussions and well, stuff happen on quarterback. Yeah, I would sum it up by saying this way, you can be mad, you can bitch it, whoever you're watching the game with, right. get my Twitter mentions and bitch, the NFL has made it clear that they're going to throw these. Right. And so, yes, Miles Garrett gets going faster than a human should be able to right. at 6'5 and 262, right? <laughs> but he has got to know, because we saw it again tonight. Jamal Adams did it to Baker. It was the same one Jermaine Whitehead got flagged on right. last week on the sideline on Mariota. If it's close, they're going to throw it 15. Yep. And, and, and tonight, it didn't matter for the Browns, but it happens in the third and fourth quarter in these big games, and it will cost you. Yeah, that's that's again. I think that's the biggest issue going forward is just the idea of you don't want to develop a reputation of taking a lot of those type of penalties because those are always the guys that get end up getting flagged on those type okay. of plays. Let's go position by position here. Um, quick grades and quick comments. We talked about Baker a lot. Pass game, uh, quarterback play. Um, I give it a C plus tonight. I, I, and I know Odell probably makes it more like a B plus, but for the purposes of this evaluation, I want to see better from this team. Yeah, well, and the other thing is you're going to have to, right? I mean, they're they're going to have these games are going to ramp up really quickly now with the level of play. So, yeah, I think that that's fair. Yeah, I just said C. Yeah, Odell had half of his. Odell accounted for half of Baker's yards. You're going to have games like that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and the one-handed catch, I mean, that's a phenomenal throw, too. Phenomenal. To yeah. even Perfect. get it down yeah. there, yeah. give it a shot, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and, and one concern going forward, of course, is we, we you mentioned Njoku getting hurt. They do not really have a tight end behind yeah, him. They don't trust those guys for good reason. And and so there's a chance on a short week that yeah. he may not be available uh, with this next week. Offensive line, um, you know, I thought better. 
the Jets have a pretty good front, even without Quinn Williams, even without C.J. Mosley. Um, still some penalties, still some yeah. things to clean up. Uh, the game script and the game plan gave them a chance to run the ball better tonight, but it's still, uh, Jason, you mentioned it right off the top, still need to see better from this line. And, and I think some of it will come in time. Um, so I think we're still weeks away from saying huge problem area or just holding your breath a little bit each week. Greg Robinson didn't kick anyone tonight, so that's progress. <laughs> uh, tight end with Najoku out, concussion. You know, sometimes guys come back in three days. Sometimes they come back in three weeks. Yep. The other guys flat out haven't been good enough. So that's um, receiving core, you know, gets an A because of Beckham. I thought Damian Ratley did a nice job tonight nice. stepping in for Higgins. Uh, Landry just does what he's asked, what you need him to. Uh, pretty much those are your three, right? So we'll, we'll go ahead and give them a good grade, and that's fine. Um, defensive line, the only reason it's not an A-plus would be the penalties, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Sure. Just terrific. I mean, it, it is, as Greg or as, as the coaching staff has kind of mentioned, Freddie, it's the strength of their team. And, and, and a night like this, you saw it. And They I have mean, to be tone set. Miles, Miles, Miles in, with all the negative penalties, he has, I think, five sacks in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, he may he right. may beat Reggie Camp's record of fourteen in like week six. I told people fifteen to one to lead the league in sacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> call that you call that in the preseason. Yeah. So is it, is it? And I could be making this up because I'm talking out of my butt on this one. I admit it. It still feels like those guys are playing too many snaps, though. I I would agree with that. Um, I'd want to go back and look at snap counts and everything, which yeah. I, I didn't do last week and I haven't done tonight. But it just feels like. Miles Garrett, Larry Okajobi are all. Every time I look, they're always on the field. We don't usually get the snap counts till the morning, right? At least officially. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a concern. Um, but uh, you know, these guys are dominating at, at times, yes. and even Olivier Vernon finally got on the stat sheet tonight. Yeah, he was um, nowhere to be found last week. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you another good grade. Last week, the linebackers got a big fat F. Tonight, both Schobert and Kirksey were all over the field. Yeah, yeah, yes. without question. Schobert had a, the that. And now, granted, the game was it was dead at that point. But mm-hmm. that nice hit by Schobert that leads to the turnover, right? right? That is a really good play by a linebacker going sideline to sideline to make that play. And that's in the fourth quarter, game long decided. Yeah, that, that for a team where you wonder about the makeup, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to establish a culture. That is the kind of thing that can become contagious, to borrow Jarvis's term. Yeah, uh, that, that's a big time play. The secondary, you know, I don't know. Um, they're playing against nobody, right? Uh, Demarius Randall is not here. And, again, we're making snap judgments here right. um, off of this. It seems like Denzel Ward is not the same player through two games that Denzel Ward was last year. So I don't want to go too deep into that without having some more basis going back and watching and hearing from Steve Wilkes on where he's supposed to be. But I think that's a concern um, because that guy is, when you draw up what your defense is going to be good at, that guy's draw Covering the other team's best player every week. Yeah, and again, as we we've said, the the tests are going to become a lot stiffer here, in over the next course of the next four or five weeks. Uh, and again, the, the Jets' offense specifically was a little resistance, but the Browns mostly handled their business. I thought the defense dominated for stretches. Uh, that's rare, and they're going to need that. Um, you know, I, I think part of the premise of my story here tonight, Jason, as I start to dive back into it when we wrap up this podcast, is it's okay if the defense is going to carry the day for a little bit, right? If they are going to keep you in it because you have Odell, because you have an offense that has so many new pieces and it's going to need time, if the defense can bring its A game, then the Browns might lose a bunch of these next games. The next five are against teams that are 2-0, teams that are used to the big stage, used to the playoffs, have players that we all know and we recognize from these big games. But if the defense can lead the way, um, you know, I think – 
they come around and, and the Browns are going to be in these games and there's enough talent again to, I'm not ready to play off in any in any area quite yet we're going to know a lot more about this defense after next Sunday night yeah and I'm not ready to say I agree with you they were fantastic tonight, yeah. obviously especially that, that defensive line Check back in a week. Let's yeah. see what they do against the Rams. Yeah, you got to cover Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and you got to stop Ty Gurley. And, um, and then I think we'll have an yeah. idea of where they're really at. An important grade, A for special teams. Yes. Austin Seibert right down the middle. Yep. The Scottish Hammer, six punts, five of them landed five, inside the 20. 20. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at the starting field position tonight, the Browns easily could have had like 38 points. Yes. That's one of the disappointments. Baker said that. Freddie said that. Um, you know, we know what's out there. So, look, it's good. That you, that we, that they are judging this team, they're holding them to a higher standard. Yeah, yeah. and that was a big kick. Real at the expectations. End. Big kick at the end of the half in the sense yes. that they had the, I think Landry may have caught the pass, but it's one of those things that the Jets get out of there. If it's a missed field goal, they yeah. at least kind of feel like they, they're still in the game. Yeah. And at the same time, it, it's maybe a little deflating to the Browns. That was a big kick. And as we talk about the Scottish Hammer, I'll put in final thoughts tonight how he turned $625 into an NFL career. I talked to the guy who, quote-unquote, discovered him and launched his NFL career on $625 or else he would not be playing for the Browns today. Well, the bad news is the Browns don't see a shitty quarterback again until November, and it's still (laughs) mid-September. The good news is the Browns are in the win column. Uh, Odell Beckham can still just pull away from people, and there are some positives, and there will be a lot a lot, a lot of excitement Sunday night. Any other parting thoughts uh, from you guys as we wrap up this podcast? Uh, I still don't know what to think of this team. I, and that's I, fine after two games. Yeah, I don't know. I've, like I've said all along, I think they could easily be 2-5. and five. And what does 2-5 and five look like? And I don't want to pee all over a win tonight. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, how does 2-5 and five change them if that's the way that it does go? Uh, so I'm not ready to declare everything's fixed tonight, obviously. Uh, but to get a win, it, let's put it this way: the fields would be burning and the bridges would be full of jumpers if they yeah. lost this one. Yeah, I think they need looking spinning ahead just a bit uh, for the final. I think they need one of these next two. Then you know, in the course of a season, if you're going to be a playoff team, you've got to win some games where you look at it and say, "I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they're going to win that game." I think they need to try to find a way to win one of these next two. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be difficult, yep. but but they do have the pieces to do it. Again, Civilized Barking is the podcast's name. Uh, this will usually be coming to you Sunday night, Monday morning this week. It's Monday night, Tuesday morning, at least I think. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, at The Athletic, we have a new podcast. That call, it's called The Lead. It just launched on Monday morning. It will always be on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. It will be every morning storytelling podcast, and we hope that you will get in tune with that. Download, subscribe, everything you do there. So we're going to leave you with a preview of the lead as we get out of here. So for Jason and Tom, I'm Zach. The Browns are in the win column, and we hope you come back and listen to us again on Civilized Bargain. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. That's the buzzer. Oh, he knocks it down. 
stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score, five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I have never seen anything like that. The Lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The Lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.